Hi, welcome back to another episode of Marriage to Soul, Nicole. So welcome back to our Created and the Creator series where we've been looking at the art of poetry, you know, as well as how it kind of really fits into our spiritual life. So we've been looking at some interesting poems over the past few weeks. Uh, we've looked at Mary Oliver, we've looked at David White, we've looked at Celestial Gla- Celestial uh, music, sorry, by Louis Gluck last week. And we've actually kind of cycled through a lot of different and interesting poets. But today we'll be looking at a particular poem by Dylan Thomas, right, which is called Light Bricks When No Sun Shines. And I'd just like to invite Laura, who's here with me on the series, just to just take us into a little bit about the history and you know, some background uh, when it comes to Dylan Thomas. Okay, so Dylan Thomas was a Welsh poet who's most famously known for his poem Do Not Go Gentle Into That Good Night. Um, but this poem that Nicole's chosen, Like Breaks When No Sun Shines, is actually his breakthrough poem that caught the attention of the literary world when it was published in the 1930s. So he was about 20 years old then. And I thought this was a great choice of poem because it's very different from what we've gone through previously. Uh, primarily for its use of poetic form. So there's very, very strong versification, rhythm, and rhyme here, uh, as opposed to the previous poets we've gone through, which uh, largely use free verse and have very conversational rhythms. So, Nicole, maybe you could read the poem for us? Sure. Love, I'd love to do that. So we have Light Breaks Where No, no Sun Shines by Dylan Thomas. Light Breaks Where No Sun Shines Where No Sea Runs The Waters of the Heart push in their tights, and broken ghosts with blowworms in their heads. The thing of light, filed through the flesh where no flesh decks the bones. A candle in the thighs warms youth and seed, and burns the seeds of age, where no seed stirs. The fruit of men unwrinkles in the stars, bright as a fig, where no wax is, the candle shows its hairs. Dawn breaks behind the eyes, from poles of skull and toe, the windy blood slides like a sea. Nor fenced, nor staked, the gushes of the sky sparked to the rod, divining in a smile the oil of tears. Night in the sockets rounds, like some pitch moon, limit of the globes, day lights the bone, where no cold is, the skinning gales unpin the winter's ropes. The film of spring is hanging from the lids. Light breaks on secret lots, on tips of thought, where thoughts smell in the rain, where logic dies. The secret of the soil grows through the eye, and blood jumps in the sun. Above the waste allotments, the dawn halts. Thanks, Nicole. That was a beautiful reading. Uh, what would you say the um, main theme of the poem is? Because we've been talking in themes lately, right? Like last week, we talked about the experience of life as the beloved. The week before, it was about the experience of God in nature. So what would you say that our theme for this poem is? I think this is, I think the first word, I think that really jumps out to me is this like idea of hope, right? Because I think mm-hmm. uh, Dylan Thomas is using like a lot of like images of light, you know, breaking through the darkness. I think even in the title itself, so it it reminds me a lot about hope, and I think we'll really like, kind of delve into that. But maybe like Laurie can also like let us know like you know is do you like resonate with that? You know, and what is it about this poem that reminds you of you know hope or, or something else? 
yeah, I definitely hear you and, and definitely came to the same conclusion about hope. I think specifically the impossibility of hope, the impossible nature of hope. Like he describes these situations that are very barren and bereft of a, like a particular quality or element or aspect, like where no sun shines, where no sea runs, and yet the light or the water breaks through. So I think the poem is, like, is really an exploration in what it means to be alive and human and to have hope. Yeah. I really agree, I think, with like the idea of the impossibility of hope, right? I really like uh, the way that you, you kind of like express that. Because sometimes I think it's really hard to believe in something like, that we can't see. And mm-hmm. I think what's very interesting, I think just going to the poem, a few things that stood out to me, I think number one was the imagery of light and how light is a very consistent symbol. I think he uses it as an image. He talks about the light breaking in. He talks about the candle and the thighs, dawn breaking. And he only kind of talks about night, I think, somewhere in the fourth stanza. Right? But he still has a pitch moon. So there's still a bit of light. And then he mm-hmm. kind of ends off with the light breaking on these secret lots. So I think the idea of light, when I, when I first thought about it, and as I said with the poem, is that it, it reminds me of like truth. You know, how the truth, I think, you know, does shine through a lot of the darkness. And there's also a spaciousness to the light that he's describing. It's not like a light that's, you know, like just a narrow shaft, but it's it's quite a, a spacious light, you know, that's kind of quite inviting in a way. I, I found the second stanza quite interesting. I think you're going to comment about that as well, about like the candle in the thighs. I mean, that, I think mm-hmm. that has some sort of connotation. But it's, it's quite interesting how just the word light also and that, that symbol and that idea, he really like develops it and uh, he really like uh, brings it, I think, into, into a different, <laughs> sorry, pun intended, it brings it into a different light. Yeah, I, I'm sorry, that just came, like, came <laughs> out. <laughs> did, not, did not anticipate to talk about light too much. Yeah. And I think a, a few other things also I think that stood out to me is also the sense of flow and relentless movement because he talks about the sea running, he talks about tides and water. So water is also a very interesting image that he's using in this particular because it's I think it's similar to uh, some previous points about the dynamism that is present. And another symbol or big thing that he, he kind of looks at is the, the idea of the, the eyes, right? The eyes, the things that we see with. And the eyes to different people means different things. I think there's a lot of symbolism and there's a lot of purposes of using it in, in, the, po- in the poem. Number one is like the windows to our soul. It's a portal through which things grow. Because I think in one stanza towards the end, it talks about the secret of the soil growing through the eye. So quite interesting because we use our eyes to see and without our eyes, can we see light? But actually now that I think about it, we don't really need to see. Sometimes we can feel its warmth. I'm sure there's some reference to warmth in the poem. I, I'm seeing it in the second stanza. So do we really need to see in order to believe and to have that hope? So that's kind of a thought I think that we can, we can pull and think about. And that links me to the idea of the audacity of having hope in the first place because in, in most of the poem, he's talking about where no sun shines and you know uh, a, a, lot of night, a lot of night, a lot of darkness. And, and hope in its widest interpretation is described as this desire of something of something together, the expectation of obtaining that. So you, you're hoping for something, you're hoping to, to for something that you can't, you don't have yet, but you're hoping that you are going to obtain it in the future. And, and for me, there's a, some of the things that kind of stood out to me. But how about you, uh, Laura? Like, how do you feel like, you know, that, that theme of hope is being expressed 
in, in his poem over here. Yeah, yeah, I really agree with what you said. Like, I, I love how you co uh, commented on the main images of this poem. I think really, like, as you said, the images are basically a larger commentary on the nature of hope and the idea of hope as an animating force that sustains us. And I think that's borne out in the imagery that you plucked out. Like, in stanza one, he talks about ghosts with glowworms found through the flesh where no flesh decks the bone. So immediately, there's this imagery of death or the idea of the body reanimated after death and I think that speaks to the effect of hope on the body and then you move into stanza two images of virility and sexual power um, again the notion of the body and then in stanza three and four I feel that there's a sort of shift uh, shift towards the intangible he talks about the emotion divining and a smile the oil of tears um, but I think basically it's moving from the effect hope has in, on, in an emotional sense on us and then finally, in stanza five, I think there's the final move towards the mind, towards the mental faculty, how hope can exist even in the face of logic and reason. So I think there's this very methodical shift from the body to emotion to the spirit or, the, or to the mental faculties and the notion that hope encompasses all three and not just the spirit. So I was wondering, since we talk so much about hope, like maybe could you share a bit more like what do you think is our Christian understanding of hope? Thanks for that. Thanks for that. Uh, very beautiful I think, analysis of the poem, especially how you talk about you know, the different aspects and how we are moving through hope from the body to emotions and then to this like larger, broader aspect to it. And yeah, as I was also like thinking about it, that that Christian idea of hope, like what does it mean to have hope? Because we always talk about like faith, hope and love, you know, and things like that, you know, just rolls off our tongue. But sometimes, you know, we, we kind of need to think a little bit deeper on it so I went to do a little bit of research just very brief research so like that for us the Christian hope is this theological virtue right by which we desire the kingdom of heaven we desire the eternal life as our happiness right so that there's definitely something that we're desiring which is similar to our saying just our expectation of something right but this expectation right involves us placing our trust in in Jesus's promises and relying not our own strength but in the help of the grace of the Holy Spirit, which I think is quite interesting because like, there is still the importance of having trust right, and not relying on our own strength because if we do rely on our own strength, we are inevitably going to be tiring ourselves out and it's going to be very, very difficult, I think, also because even in this particular poem, he talks a lot about darkness, you know, a lot about difficulty and there's a lot of like challenge, right, which is mirroring, I think, a lot of like the lives that we lead but rely not on our own strength, but the help of the grace of the Holy Spirit. I like to think that the light, I mean, there's a lot of interpretations of this poem. Right? People who read the poem may come away with different things and that, that resonate with them. But for me, I think maybe the light represents the grace of the Holy Spirit. I mean, maybe for us, for us Christians, but maybe for other people, that light is something different. And mm -hmm. yeah, you know, just having that particular imagery of light, I think is very grounding uh, in this particular poem. But maybe, Laura, you could maybe share with us a little bit about, you know, the technicalities of, you know, how Dylan Thomas actually constructed this poem and some of his uh, considerations. Mm, thanks for that question. I, yeah, like I told you before, I thought this poem was really interesting because of its um, poetic form. Um, like here, you've got really, really structured versification and it's highly regular here. You've got five stanzas of six lines each. And then I think the rhyme scheme is where things get really, really interesting in this poem. 
like there's a, actually a sort of overarching rhyme structure that all his stanzas follow through. But it's also shot through with half rhymes, which creates a really interesting poetic effect, which I think contributes to the idea of what hope is or the experience of hope. And I, so like, first of all, I think most of the stanzas have this mirrored rhyme scheme. There are six lines, so the rhyme goes A, B, C, then C, B, A. Uh, and I think it's most obvious in the last stanza. Uh, let me just scroll through it. Like, secret lots, dawn halts, um, logic dies through the eye. I think it's not an easy pattern to spot. And it's made even more complex by the half rhymes that he uses throughout the poem, like rain, sun, blood, rot, thighs, hair, eyes, tears. It sounds really, really similar, but uh, not exactly a perfect rhyme. And so I think what that does is that it creates some semblance of order without making it overly didactic, like a nursery rhyme. So I think it's really interesting for a poem about hope in life through to death, almost as if like, almost as if like to acknowledge the universal universality of the situation, right? that almost everyone predictably will face situations of hopelessness in this life, their own special variances. And yet such is the human condition that we all hope against hopelessness. But I, I think what I really like about the use of half rhymes in particular is that uh, even it interjects some element of doubt and incompleteness to the poem. Uh, like there isn't this easy or satisfying predictability of full rhyme, which I think again ex uh, speaks to the extent the experience of hope, the idea that when you're hoping, there's a lot of uncertainty that coexists with the experience of hope. As much as you hope for the best outcome, the outcome that you want, the reality is that it could really, really go in a million different ways, right? Yeah. So on that note, right, I was just thinking, like, what are some of your personal takeaways on hope? Yeah, I think, yeah, thanks for that question, Nora, and also thanks for, I think, taking us through the, you know, the structure of the poem. I really, I didn't really think I think too much about like the half rhymes and the predictability of this uh, particular rhyme structure because now now that I have that understanding it actually reminds me a lot about I think my own personal experiences uh, I think with hope lah, right so I mean I think maybe I mean, I'm sure a lot of us have gone through a particularly dark phase you know in our in our spiritual life you know, where we felt we felt very alone maybe sometimes or you know it feels very hopeless because we, we feel like we're not uh, you know, we're stuck in, in a specific situation or there are a lot of things that, you know, are, are out of control. It could be, for example, you know, the relationships that we're having. It could be just, you know, a lot of stresses that we're having. And I think I can really resonate a lot with like what Dylan Thomas is talking about when he talks about when no sun shines and no sea runs, it just feels like it's still water. It feels like there's a lot of darkness that sometimes we can't even like express, you know, or talk about. Right, because it's sometimes difficult, it's frowned upon, I guess, from a societal perspective. But then when the light does break in, and like I think I could share like an experience maybe from just this morning, actually. Right? I was I, I I've actually having been having a bit of a struggle, I think, uh personally. But uh just this morning, I think I was at mass. Um, and it was I think today is Good Shepherd Sunday. Yeah, so I was just like listening, I think, to the the homily. So we had a, a seminarian who came on and he was talking about his vocation story. And I don't know, I think I, I just felt like, you know, some, some stuff that he was sharing, you know, about, you know, the Lord just like looking at him with such, you know, gentle eyes, you know, and just like wanting him to be there as he was. That really pierced my heart in a way. And I felt like that to me was the light breaking in, uh, 
Right, yeah, because I think sometimes, you know, you do go for Mars and, you know, you do go and, and do certain things, but sometimes you feel like, you know, you, you, you're not feeling, you're not, you're just going through the motion and you're not really, you know, kind of being there, you know, like there, completely present. So, you know, when the light breaks in, that was quite interesting, I think, this morning, I just felt very, like, emotional. I was feeling a bit teary, actually, which is kind of strange. I, I generally don't feel teary, I think. Uh, when I go for mass, you know, I just kind of listen and then try to understand, you know, in the homily or, you know, see how it's like going to apply to my life. But today, that was quite interesting. I kind of left the, the mass kind of like uh, wet and teary-eyed, which was interesting. And people around me were like, oh, is she okay? I was like, oh, is she feeling moved by something? But I think just that motion of the heart, right, is where the light is allowing itself to break in uh, and that, that hope, right, for what is to come in the future, even though maybe I don't really know how things are going to pan out, I really don't really know what's going to happen in the next few months. If people ask you, like, what's your five-year plan? I'm like, I don't even have my five-minute plan. So I don't know what five-year plan you're talking about. Um, but, you know, that, this, that uncertainty that you were speaking about, which I definitely resonate with, and it's so universal, it's so strange that we think it's not universal sometimes, but it is, right? A lot of people are going through different sorts of challenges, different sets of challenges that we may not uh, be fully cognizant of and we may actually kind of like, you know, uh, pass judgment unnecessarily or, you know, too heavily. But just also realizing that everyone is also kind of holding on to this particular candle or this particular light that is breaking through. And maybe that is that thing that's going to keep them going or that's going to keep them running. And that for me is like my personal takeaway from this, this, this particular poem. So I'm actually really glad uh, that we got to look at this particular poem and thanks Laura I think for taking us through all of the poetic structure right uh, of this poem and also I think sharing a lot of your your heart and your insight on this poem so really excited I think for the poems to come as we I think delve deeper also into this uh, into this area of poetry and the spiritual life so thanks everyone for listening to this episode